the background on you comes second to what you can help do for the business. Again, there's so much time for this as we get to know each other, as we work together, as we get on the phone and talk, right? Because you can talk about yourself on the phone, I think in a minute, 60 seconds, you can tell me way more, you know, like about yourself. But in an email, when I don't know you, it's just too much. Welcome to the Live, Work, Travel podcast. I'm your host, Michonne Thomas, a former middle school teacher who quit at 30 to become a six-figure freelancer and digital nomad instead. You're in the right place if you're ready to learn how freelancing can help you to work from anywhere, make great money, and live a life that you design. I'm sharing everything I've learned to get to where I am today in order to support you on your journey because this lifestyle is simply too good not to share. Today's episode, we are talking about how to pitch clients. So you've gone out, you have found some people that you want to work with, and it's time to send them something to let them know who you are, what you do, and how you can help them. So for many people, this is one of the scariest parts of freelancing, right? Because we all hate rejection, (laughs) whether it's through email, whether it's in person, it sucks to send something out there to somebody and for them to say no, but it's just so much easier if you get comfortable with it. It is easier (laughs) via email, I think. And over time, I mean, the more you get rejected, the more you learn not to take it personally. I still remember sending my first emails, pitches to clients And oh God, it was terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. I sent the pitches. I remember I kind of did a bulk thing. I got a bunch of them. I found my clients and I had them all lined up on a spreadsheet. And then I had my pitches personalized to each client. I had that all set up. And then I just sort of fired off all these emails at once and closed my computer and just left for the day. I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot handle sitting around waiting, checking in to see. I'm so nervous. I feel like I want to puke. I'm just going to go. And I just wandered off for the rest of the day, did not open my computer again because I couldn't handle it. I couldn't handle it. And it was great to get so many positive responses back. I had really worked on my pitches and streamlined them to the point where I got a lot of really good results right away. Out of about nine people that I pitched, I think, so six of them were like, let's talk. I want to hear more. And three were like, no, I don't have a need for you right now. So obviously the positive responses coming in outshadowed the negative, but also I learned like, yeah, okay, these people just, they don't need what I'm offering right now. That's not a personal rejection. That's not a personal no. There's nothing personal in this. Business is business, right? So today I want to discuss five things that you should not be doing in your pitches, right? So I have had hundreds of pitches come across my desk in the last several years, and most of them are bad. Most of them are bad. So this is great for you because there's a way to step in and really stand out because we talk about this in another episode. When you're pitching a client, especially if you're pitching them cold, you haven't found them on a platform, but you've done your research elsewhere, you've found them and you're going directly to them. You have the opportunity to show up in their inbox and offer to help them with a problem that they have. You know this because you've already done your research on them. And it's magic. You know, the client is just sitting down for the day, having their cup of coffee, opening their laptop, checking their email, which is usually a pain in the ass. There's so much junk and there's so much stuff and other people need you for different things. And you're showing up and it's like, oh my God, I know I have this problem. I know I have this need. I need to solve it, but I haven't even had time to look into it or think about it. And here's this person who just showed up in my inbox and wants to help me solve my problem. It is a miracle for the client, right? It feels so good. 
However, unfortunately, most people show up in the wrong way. So we're going to talk about that today. Here are five things that you should not be doing when you send your pitch. Okay. Number one, making the pitch too long. All right. Clients are busy people. They're, they own a business. They run a business. They've got loads of problems. If you can imagine yourself in your potential client's mind, they open their email inbox and they've just got tons of messages in there. Most of them are stressful. <laughs> Things that they owe, invoices and stuff, people needing help, people needing this, people needing that, people needing all the things, right? So they've got loads to deal with in their email inbox. They've also got whatever project management tool that they're using, you know, Asana, Trello, Monday.com, ClickUp, Notion, just filled with tasks, filled with things to do. They've got a Slack channel that's going wild or, you know, whatever other chat messaging tool that they use. And aside from all this business stuff, they have a personal life. They have friends, they have family, they may have kids. They've got all of these demands on their time. So the last thing they have time for is to read an essay of an email all about you and your life. It needs to be short, it needs to be sweet, and it needs to get to the point quickly. The point being, how can you help them? Because here's something I learned and figured out early on, both when I was pitching and then now that I have seen hired hundreds of other freelancers over time, is the harsh truth of how the client is thinking. I don't mean it to be harsh, but it's the truth. Again, don't take things personally. Here it is though. As the client, I do not care about you. I only care about what you can do to help my business. Now, if you can remember that every time that you were getting ready to pitch clients, that is helpful because you're going to structure your pitch around what benefit they will get from working with you. And like, that's the thing. As time goes on, yes, your client will ideally come to see you as a person, will care about you and all that kind of stuff. The reason I say this is because you want to drop into their email inbox with what you can do for them, not all about you. If you send a long-winded pitch about where you went to university and what you're looking for now and that you changed careers and all these different things, like they don't care yet. Over the time, the working relationship will blossom. They will get to know you as a person. All that stuff comes into play. But in the beginning, it's just not there, right? You're just a stranger who showed up and is asking for one more thing that's taking up their time and attention. So you want it to be all about them. You want it to be how you can help them. The pitch needs to quickly give reasons why I as the client should work with you and how you can help me fix my problems. Those are the basics that you need to cover in that pitch email. However, you do not want to make mistake number two, which is making the pitch too short, right? Okay, so first I just said, don't make it too long. Don't make it too short. You want to hit that sweet spot because as the client, I'm never going to hire someone who gives me a couple of lines that tell me just nothing about who they are and what they can do. So I've got an email once. This was for my client's business, but I was working as the hiring manager at the time. An email showed up in my inbox and it says, good morning. I am forwarding my resume in case you have any opportunities to work remotely. And then they attached their resume. <laughs> this isn't even a pitch. This is pure laziness. Okay. And I'm not trying to be mean to the person who sent that, but I do want you guys to understand why this will never work. Okay. It just screams laziness. They sent me an email and without opening the resume, which by the way, just going to put it out there. I think resumes are total bullshit. I personally 
never hire a freelancer based on their resume. Now, everybody's different. I'm not the only person in the world. So, you know, keep your resume up to date. Keep that. That's fine. But I don't think resumes tell you anything about a person, right? So I used to have one. Thankfully, I've not had to update it in five or six years. I don't even know where it is. But resumes are pure horseshit, in my opinion. You try to cram the highlights of your life into a single page or maybe two if you've had a long career doing a bunch of different things. We all have taken the same tips off the internet about using action words instead of passive words. And we bullet point together. You know, you may have been at a company for seven years and you put five bullet points about what you did. And we all try to make it sound cool, right? It's absolute horseshit. So anyway, that's why I think resumes are a joke. And I would so much rather just get to know the person and have them highlight what they're good at and how they can solve my problems. But so with this person's email that they sent over, first of all, me having to click and open the resume is an extra step. I don't want to do that. And I also don't want to read a page or two of some horseshit bullet points that don't tell me really who you are as a person, what you're good at, because we're all just trying to make ourselves sound important on a resume. So just from that person's one line, I am forwarding my resume in case you have any opportunity to work remotely. They haven't told me what they do, what relevant skills they have to my business. If they have their eye on a certain position that, you know, it might be like, oh, I noticed you guys do this and I would be great for that. Or I noticed that you guys have this in marketing and I'm good at that. Or I noticed that you have customer service and I'd be good at that. They didn't give me any of that. They said nothing about my business. I don't know if they've been to my website or if they've spammed this out to 50,000 people and are just hoping for the best. So the reason this is so lazy is because I, as the client, had this email show up. If I wanted to hire this person, which I don't, pitches like this go immediately into the trash, if I'm being honest. I have to do extra work. I have to click on their resume and open it. I have to go through and read a little bit more, trying to figure out what have they done? Where would they be a good fit for my business? I don't want to do that, if I'm being honest. As a client, I don't want to do that. I want to press delete and I want to move on to the next email in my inbox because I am busy. If it feels foreign to not send your resume, and if you feel that your resume is really great, you know, I can't hurt to attach it as well, but you're going to want to sell yourself in the actual body of the email. Be a little bit more insistent. You want to make the client grab their attention, make them stop drinking their coffee and actually go, oh, interesting. Like this person may be a good fit because they've pointed out how they could be a good fit. You know, show them that you've gone to their website, you've read through their stuff. You think you could be a great fit on their customer service team, or you think you could be a great fit by working with their social media team. And here's the ideas that you have. You want to be useful. You don't want to be extra work or a burden. And so I love to (laughs) equate emails like this with crappy dating profiles. Sending an email like this is the equivalent of throwing out like two crappy photos on your online dating profile and not filling out anything in your bio. You put in minimal effort and you basically tell me everything I need to know about you just by putting in the minimal effort, right? It's the same thing here with pitching clients like this. The third mistake that I see people make when they pitch clients is that they don't include the most important details right away in the pitch. They bury it down at the bottom or they don't mention it at all. So you need to immediately give them something to care about. I once read on average that busy professionals receive about 120 new emails a day. Now, of course, this varies wildly depending on the industry, but you've got to do something that takes up space in their brain, like jumps out and catches their attention and makes them think about you, right? So I once helped to edit a book that ended up on the New York Times bestseller list. That catches someone's eye, right? 
so many people have heard of the New York Times bestseller list and it's going, oh, okay, who's this girl? What is this about? This is back when I was pitching clients for my copy editing services. But that's a thing that's going to stand out because it's so prestigious, right? Now, I'm going to tell you guys the real story. (laughs) Don't lie, but you can spin things positively or to sound more important than they are. Going back to the resume example, we're all just spouting a bunch of bullshit on our resumes, right? We take the coolest thing we've done or the most important thing, and we use all these fancy words around it to try and make it sound cool. So that's what I did with including the New York Times bestseller book on my pitch. The reality was it was an ebook <laughs> and it ended up on the New York Times bestseller list under ebooks or something, which I didn't even know was a thing, which is probably way easier to get on than the actual New York Times bestseller. I don't know. But anyway, it was an ebook. It wasn't only edited by me. There was other people on the team helping with it as well. None of us were given any credit. Like it wasn't like our names appeared in it anyway as the editors, but it was legit. And it was something that I could back up if I was asked to prove it. But yeah, I led with that. I spun that positively and it was impressive. Potential clients would go, whoa, oh, really? Oh, that's cool. Tell me more about that. How'd you get into that? And how did it? So that's something that I think that was second sentence, third sentence of my pitch, because I wanted the client to go, oh, shit. Okay. Okay, cool. Like there's something interesting here. If you went to MIT or if you have anything cool, you want to include that in your pitch the same way you would do on a resume with bullet points, but just in a funkier, cooler way, right? Lead with something interesting that you've got. If you've got names, drop names. If you've worked in a space with somebody who other people would know and they would recognize the name, you want to lead with that. I once met someone who worked for the Canadian prime minister's campaign. If he was going to pitch certain things, he would probably drop that (laughs) high up to get attention. And now here's the thing. Don't despair if you don't have any sexy, eye-catching names to drop or things that you've done. You can almost always spin something you've done to sound more fancy than it is. We've all had experience with this, right? This is filling out your resume. This is writing college entrance essays. This is just like our world thrives on bullshit, kind of. So you're just going to want to find a few things. Ask friends, ask family, help them to brainstorm some of the cool things you've done, some of the most eye-catching things, you know, people that you've worked with or whatnot, and then play around with putting that into a format that really just grabs the attention. It also just doesn't have to be names. It can be things that you've done presented in a good format. It can be like, I worked working with so-and-so, I helped increase sales from X to Z, you know, whatever that is. You want to just find these things, these details that you can include, whether you did this stuff freelance whether it was with a previous job, whether it was an agency you worked with, like you can absolutely include real things that you did in your job and relate them to what you can help a client do as a freelancer. So if you worked in marketing, for example, for an agency and a regular nine to five, you can still use some of the stuff that you did there in pitching how you would help this client as a freelancer, right? Just because your title's changed doesn't mean you don't still know all the stuff that you know. Moving on here to mistake number four, and this one is, it's really bad. These are also ones that go straight to the trash. This is not customizing the pitch to the person on the other end, whether it be a cold email to a client or through Upwork. So many people just like kill their chances before they even start. 
They send a blanket generic pitch to a client and then hope for the best. And it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. And you can catch people in this all the time. Sometimes the name will be wrong. I once got a pitch that started with, hi, Ashley. (laughs) It's like, you cannot confuse my name with Ashley. There's just no way in the world. What this person did was they copied and pasted to a bunch of different people and they copied and pasted to me and forgot to even change my name, right? So I can tell a generic pitch. First of all, the pitch doesn't mention my company. You know, a lot of people send something out generic, like, oh, we'd love to work with your brand or we'd love to work with your company. They don't even take the time to put the company's name in there, right? This is how you guys are going to do so much better than the rest of people out there. You're going to learn how to customize your pitches. You should be basically professionally stalking anyone that you want to work with. You're finding out who they are, what they do, what's important to them, what errors and kind of things that you can see in their business that are wrong that you could help them fix. And then you're going to be presenting all of that to them. Okay. You really want to dive deep. I am so confident in my pitches that I send out because I know that I have gathered every piece of information humanly possible about this client before I go and chat with them. And that helps me to make connections. That helps me to talk honestly and openly about how I can help them or once we get on the phone, which comes later, but like if they do want to talk to me and we get on the phone, I know so much about them already that I can speak to things as we're having these phone conversations, as things are coming up on the fly. I've already researched their business. I already know so much about them. And I can also tell them, hey, no, actually, you know, after this chatting, it's probably not a good fit. I can't help you. And I can do that in all honesty because I've done my research. There's also been times where these things have helped me just get my foot in the door I remember once, this is when I was interviewing with a company before I started freelancing. When I found out who I was going to interview with, you know, I went on LinkedIn and I checked everything about her that I could find online and I was prepared. And one of the things that I noticed was that she lived on a boat, (laughs) the woman who was interviewing me for this job. And at the time, I had just come from living in a 21 foot travel trailer. So we had this tiny living connection. And so in the interview, it came up pretty quickly that she lived on a boat. And I said, yeah, that's amazing. I've lived in a travel trailer. I can't imagine what it would be like to live on a boat. So we ended up spending all this time chatting and laughing and connecting over tiny living. And then, you know, she got through the rest of the interview and asked me the things that she needed to ask me, but I'm almost positive that I got passed on to the next stage. And with such a positive connection, because we had connected over tiny living as well, which is something I only found out by doing the research on her in advance and finding out everything that I possibly could that was going to help me in this interview. So it's the same type of thing when you are pitching clients. Don't give them just a generic pitch. It doesn't mean anything. It's like getting those generic postcards in the mail trying to advertise or sell you something. You know, we all would much prefer something specific something that is tailored to us, something that makes us feel important and not just just like a number, like a data point. So you definitely do start with a base, right? You have your base things that you're going to tell your clients because usually you're going to be pitching the same types of clients. If you're working in marketing, you're going to be pitching people who have a marketing need. So you can absolutely have a base to start from. But where the magic comes in is A, getting the client's name right, (laughs) B, putting in some nuggets that let them know that you know their business, that you've looked at their business, that you know who they are and what they've been doing. And so much of this is just easily done by reading their website, 
going through their blog posts, checking them out on social media, getting a real feel for them and what they do, and then speaking to them. I would just say the reason I feel that I have been so successful in freelancing and from the beginning is that I just treated people like real people, treated people like I would want to be treated and tried to genuinely show up, genuinely get to know them, genuinely get figure out where I could help them, and then presented that information to them. And that's what I want you guys to do as well. So the fifth and final thing that we're going to talk about is the mistake of talking about yourself too much when you pitch clients. This kind of goes back to one and two, you know, don't make it too long, don't make it too short. You want to sprinkle in a little bit, but you don't really want to talk about your background too much unless it's relevant to the client's problem and how you can solve it. I don't talk about where I went to school, for example. Like I graduated from the University of Toledo with a degree, but not relevant, not relevant to my skills right now. I majored in marketing, which I actually suck at. (laughs) And I minored in international business, which I don't even remember what that means anymore. I help my clients with operations management. That's where I shine. My degree doesn't matter. I'm completely self-taught. Where I went to school doesn't matter unless it's relevant to the client's background. And what I mean by that, as I am professionally stalking my client to find out about them and what they do and all that. So if I notice that my client went to University of Toledo, of course, I'm going to mention that, you know, fellow UT grads, woohoo, something like that. But it's, I'm not going to dwell on it and I'm not going to take a bunch of time up with that. If the client didn't go there, no need to mention it, right? If something is going to impress the client, then you can add it in from your background. But people make the mistake of sending long pitches with blocks of text. And again, this goes back to what I said earlier about the client feeling like, I don't care about you. I just care about what you can help me do for my business. You know, no one cares that you've been looking for freelance work for a while or that you're down on your luck or that you made the transition to freelancing after losing your job or that you recently broke up with your partner or that you've like been starting over from scratch or that you just like want to travel to Australia and rent a van and drive around and live van life for a while. The client doesn't care about that in the beginning. They've got so much going on, care about your business goals and what you can do for them. So sometimes I'll get a full email that's like a solid, almost like the old fashioned, I say old fashioned. I know people use them still. I just don't because I'm not in the corporate world, but the cover letter, I'll get these emails, pitches that are like cover letters and that they're so long, you know, I'm interested in employment. I've followed this company for a while. I have a full-time job, but I'm thinking of leaving. I'm currently doing this. My family is this. It's too much. Like it's really sweet. But there's not, for me, the background on you comes second to what you can help do for the business. Again, there's so much time for this as we get to know each other, as we work together, as we get on the phone and talk, right? Because you can talk about yourself on the phone in a minute, 60 seconds. You can tell me way more, you know, like about yourself. But in an email, when I don't know you, it's just too much. It comes off as this big, long, exhausting thing that I have to read. And again, guys, I'm I'm not trying to be a dick. (laughs) I'm just trying to show you what's going on in a lot of clients' heads as they go through their email. A quick, short, and sweet pitch showing your skills and how you think you can help me is so much easier to deal with than a wall of text dealing with, tell me all the stuff about you that I frankly don't need to know at this time. So try to keep that in mind. Try to Walk that balance between telling the client what they need to know and not going overboard, okay? So just to wrap up this episode, I want to quickly go through those five tips again. The five mistakes that I see people make that I don't want you guys to make are one, making the pitch too long, two, making the pitch too short, 
Three, not including your most important details right away, right up front. Grab their attention in those first few sentences. Four, not customizing the pitch, just sending out a copy-paste pitch to the other person. It does not work. And number five, talking about yourself too much, your background, your personal life, what you've got going on, what you're hoping to accomplish over the next couple of years, that stuff, save it for once you're working with them and getting to know them and you guys establish rapport. They don't need to know that stuff in the very beginning. Remember, just remember, remember, remember every time you go to pitch as the client, I don't care about you. I only care how you can help me solve my problem. If you keep that in mind while you're pitching, you're going to win pitches 10 times more than your fellow freelancers out there who are not keeping that in mind and who are just committing basically all of the errors in this episode. I hope this was helpful. I will be back next Monday with another episode. Until then, you can get a hold of me at hello at liveworktravel.com or send me a DM on Instagram. You can find me at liveworktravelig. Thanks for listening. I'll be back next week. <laughs>